0: Welcome to another inspirational podcast from Abundant Life Church, where we believe that God is a good God. He loves you, and he wants to bless you. Now join us as we dive into today's message. Hallelujah. Would you high five somebody real quick and just tell them, I felt that, I felt that. Oh man, it's been a long time since I've seen you from this side. Y'all look good. You look good. Good. Come on, somebody say, thank you, Lord. In faith for the person next to you, say, thank you, Lord. <laughs> oh, my goodness. I'm so excited to be ministering the word this morning. God has been crushing it in this body of Christ, in his church, over this Psalms 23 series. How many people have been joining? it? Make some noise if you've been enjoying this series. Man, I believe that this has been one of the most focused um, series As our our senior pastor, Pastor Sean and Pastor Aaron have ministered to us, it's been so um, informative. But not only that, but it's been powerful. Because as we see, as we've gone through the last several weeks, we've been seeing how close God wants to walk with us. how, how, How intentional God is about the steps that are ordered. How many people know the Bible says the steps of a righteous man or woman are ordered of him. But you're not walking alone. Sometimes that can be scary because we, we, we sometimes find ourselves in positions where we think that God's calling us to do things lonely, and he is. There's some stuff he's going to call you to do that's not going uh, to be appeasing to the people around you. And therefore, you're going to find yourself sometimes by yourself, but the Bible says he'll never leave you or forsake you, so that contradicts that statement. You're never by yourself. And so we're learning in Psalms 23 that he says he's a good shepherd. The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. We dealt with it on the first week that our shepherd is here to eradicate your desire to have wants. Nobody gave me an amen. Wow. Y'all like to be wanty? You like to be needy? You guys, are, you guys are Philippians 4:13 people. He shall supply all my needs according to his riches and glory. But I happen to have a, 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 a different kind of mindset because I was raised by somebody that tells me, that has taught me in the word of God through the scripture that God just does not want us to be need-driven. He wants us to be seed-driven. And when we, get re- when we start planting our seed and we're seed-motivated and not need-motivated, then God supplying all of our needs is just a small part. I want him to respond to these seeds because he's the Lord of the harvest. The mentality in the body of Christ has got to shift from need to seed. Does that make sense? He says, I'm a shepherd. I, I don't want you wanting anything. The only thing I want you wanting is more of me. The artist Maxwell said, I want you to want me to want you. That's what God wants. Maxwell stole that from Jesus, amen? I want you to want me to want you. You see what I'm saying? And God tells us in the scripture that we've been dealing with, he says, the Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. I don't want you want around here with the wanty face. You know why? Because nobody embraces the people that always want something. The moment you encounter somebody that's always asking you for something, you all of a sudden start taking detours. Is it just me? You want to help them, and you're generous, and they know that, and so they're coming for you. But God wants to take us beyond our wants and beyond our needs into understanding the power that we have and that we possess currently, right now, in real time of having seeds. Amen? And so today, I can go through the whole recap, but for the sake of time, I just want us to dive into and just kind of just kind of remind ourselves even what pastor Sean talked about last week by he is he is the shepherd who restores he restores our soul if we're looking at Psalms 23 verse 3 he restores our soul now i love that message last week i was on a plane watching it on my way back home um And the things that he talked about was powerful. He was talking about not only does he restore us, he restores us from the weary places. He restores us from the Galatians 6-9 formula where we're doing weary, we're doing good in, in due season. And if we get weary and we start to faint, he restores us from fainting. He restores us. He gives you the get up power. Bump the neighbor next to you and say, you got get up power today. So you were doing good, but then something happens in your life where you get a little bit tired, as my Jamaican friends would say. I'm tired, right? God does not want you tired. He wants you well. He wants you strong. So he restores us from the weary nature. Somebody say weary. And then we talked about last week, he restores you from the woolly moments. Wool is heavy, y'all. Wool is heavy, y'all. Wool is the external, putting on all this stuff, the covering moments. God wants to restore you. He wants you fully exposed for his glory and for his benefit. Amen? God does not want you to cover up any longer. We saw in the garden when Adam and Eve had their sin issue, the first thing they did was try to cover up something God wanted them to reveal. And when he came, he says, where are you? It's not that God didn't know where they were. He's all-knowing. Of course he knew. He was like, where is what I created? Because anytime you get a little bit heavy and you walk away from, you stand in a place of need and, and, and you don't understand the seed stuff, then what happens to you is you have the tendency to try to cover up and conceal. But can I just say this to you today in faith? What you conceal, God can't heal. Hello? So God wants us not only not to be weary, he wants to restore us from the weary place. He wants to restore us from the concealment place, from the, from the place where we got the wool covering us up. And last but not least, he hit us last week right between the eyes with the weighty stuff. He wants you to get that weight off your shoulders. Come on, can I prophesy over you? Say, get that weight off your shoulders. Come on, get that weight off. Y'all know what I'm going, get that. Y'all are not the heavenly choir today. Something's wrong with the altos. Pastor Jenny, can you fix that for me? Um, You got to get the weight off your shoulders, church. That's not your weight to carry. Pastor Sean said the, the word he was teaching us last week. He says, My yoke is easy and my burden is. If you can't help me preach it, then you can't receive it. My yoke is easy then my burden is. God has a light burden, which means you're supposed to be light as a feather. You're not supposed to be walking around here like you're an X-Man figure or something like that with, with bricks on your feet. God wants you light. Float like a butterfly, sting like a bee. God wants you light on your feet. Y'all ain't know I could do that, did you? Get the ice pack, baby. That hurt. <laughs> I'm just kidding. God wants you light on your feet today. He wants you sure-footed, but he wants you light. You know why he wants you light? Because he wants to be able to shift you and move you if he needs to. Some of us have been grounded so long, I'm not doing it any other way. By golly, this is the way it's always been done, and I'm going to do it like this, because this is where I found the Lord and I met the Lord. Newsflash, where you found the Lord and where you met the Lord may not be the same place that he currently is right now. There may be another place that God wants to show you. John Legend said, come on and go with me, because there's something new for you to see. Y'all ain't know I quote prophets. The earth is the Lord in the fullness thereof. Everything's used for his glory and his benefit, if you allow it. Are you hearing what I'm trying to say? And so he hit us with that last week. And I just had one more thing that I wanted to add to that because I've looked up this word. This word restores in the Hebrew. It means this: Nefesh. Nefesh. Not only God restores you from the heavy, from the woolly, from the from the from the from the weary, God restores Nefesh, which means the whole entirety of a person. Now that's important to me. Because I don't want God just to keep my shoes fresh. I want him to keep my jeans fresh. I want him to keep everything that that reflects his image and his likeness on my life. I want him to keep that fresh. We love for God to make us externally well, but God wants you internally well. If you follow me on live a couple months ago, you know I had an issue at the car wash. I went and took my vehicle to the car wash. I paid the full price to have my insides and my outsides clean and detail to the max. You hear what I'm saying? I went, ran it through, I got out of my car, went inside the place, and then they ran my car through, but they had an issue with me, and I had an issue with them furthermore, because what they didn't do was, they neglected the entirety of the inside of the car, they did the outside thinking I wouldn't notice. I got in my car like, hold on a second, excuse me, gentlemen, I think we gotta scan again. There's something wrong with what I paid for versus what I'm receiving now. Well, I don't understand what you mean. Well, well what does it say? Full inside and out. I only have the external clean. I'm not good with the external being clean. Let me preach it to you like this in church language. You can't be good with just coming to church. You got to be good when you are the church. You can't be good when you're just talking about God. You got to be good when you actually live the life of God. You can't be good with just hanging around saved people. You got to be the same saved person that you're hanging around when you're hanging around with not saved people. God does not want your external good and your internal messed up. That's a bogus car wash. And unfortunately, if I'm being transparent and honest, it's easy for us just to watch the external, make sure everybody think we're good, and us walking around here not being good. But the word nefesh means he wants the entirety of a matter restored. That's, impo- that's powerful for us because sometimes we have the tendency to get our Sunday's best on, even on a Tuesday, and acting like that's good enough. But God is not a God of just good enough. Sometimes he's a God of El- more than enough, right? He moves us from good enough to the very best. El Shaddai says I'm more than enough, not just good enough. God wants you in a whole different realm, whole different mindset. When he puts you on display, and I'm going to jump to the end of this message, when he puts you on display, it's for his glory and for our benefit, Because he is a shepherd who is good, who takes pride and pleasure in the prosperity of his people. I don't care if you think prosperity is a curse word. It's not a curse word. It's a kingdom word. The world doesn't like that word because they don't like when we say it, but it's okay for them to build buildings and skyscrapers and all this stuff, but when we try to add to the church, they got a bunch of problems with us. It's only a problem with us through their eyes because it's a problem with us through our eyes. If God cleans us up and renews our mind, then we won't have to worry about the world thinking because we don't need their help. God says, I'm blessing you in the body. I'm putting you in this body as I please. I'm going to bless you abundantly to supply to one another so that I don't have a need. Does that make sense today? It's not just about you. It's about God. Always about God. Nefesh means I want the entirety of you cleaned up. He says I want to restore the entire part of your life. That means God wants to tired you. Mm. God, God wants to confuse you. Oh, y'all so quiet. You're confused by me saying that God wants to confuse you. Okay, let me break this down. He wants to tire you because he says, in your weakness, then I made strong. Making sense? Making sense? Don't bring God no tired stuff. No, he'll take it tired because he's going to make it strong. He's going to give it the energy. To confuse you, he'll take it. You know why? Because Philippians 2.5 says he'll give you the peace of God that passes understanding. He'll give you the mind of Christ. So if you're confused about something, you have the tendency to stay outside the doors and not come to the shepherd because I'm just confused. So many people, I ran into somebody a couple weeks ago that, I, that grew up in church here. I'm like, man, where you been? They thought it was a church recall. No, this is not a church recall. This is a kingdom recall. I'm talking to you because the kingdom is that state in your life. I'm not talking to you about, I don't care where you go to church at. Just let them teach Jesus and believe in the Holy Spirit and let the Holy Spirit flow. Yeah, I don't care where you go to church at. You can go to church by the doorstep. I don't care. They were like, I said, where you been? They said, man, you know, man, I've been around, but, you know, when I, you know what I'm saying, when I got out of church, man, I just got confused. I said, bring your confused butt back to the church. <laughs> You're confused about what? Do you not know the address? Hold on, let me hook you up real quick. Do you understand what I'm saying? We like to let confusion leave us on the other side Of the desert, the backside, the wrong side of the desert. You don't got to, God never asks you to know everything. He's all-knowing. You don't have to be. Even if you're confused, he'll take your confusion because he'll give you, he'll give you his peace. He'll give you his clarity for your confusion. You just got to be willing to make the exchange. You got to be willing to make that change. You got to be willing to do what God called you to do. So we allow these little menial things to stop us from coming to God. But Nefesh says, I want to restore the whole part of who you are. The inadequacies, the shortcomings, the failures, the flaws, everything you think that you need to be whole, if you don't have it, God still desires it from you. You know why? Because he's not just a, 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 a God in heaven. He's one who walks with you. The next part of our verse says in, in verse uh, 23, uh, Psalm 23, verse 3, it says this, He restores my soul and he leads me in the paths of righteousness. He leads me in the paths of righteousness. Now, this is important to us. Because one of the greatest deficits that we see happening in our world today is terrible leadership. Agree or disagree? Bishop taught us everything rises and falls on leadership. So if he's a good shepherd, he does not want you to be in want. He's going to restore your soul. He's going to lead you beside the still waters, right? He's got some good stuff for you. And he says, now I'm leading you in the paths. There's more than one. We'll get to that in a second. I'm leading you to this place. That means there's something that I want you to see. And here's what I know about God. I'm so glad that he just doesn't point us to a place. He leads us to the actual place, which means he's willing to walk along with you. If you ever got instructions or directions from somebody who was just like, yeah, go down there at the four-stop sign, make a right, and then go over there, you're more confused than you ever were. I was talking to my dad the other day. I'm like, Dad, I got this thing going on. I got to get to a place. He's like, well, what you going to do is, man, I said, Dad, what y'all used to do before GPS? He said, I went to every gas station I found and asked somebody else that was closest to the destination. Can I just tell you, you don't have to go from pit stop to pit stop to gas station to gas station. He's walking with you the whole way. Matter of fact, the Holy Spirit has nudged somebody this week and be like, "Mm, mm, no, that's not your, mm, mm, come this way. And you were like, no, 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 I'm, I'm, I'm walking by my GPS. I'm walking by my senses. I'm walking by, you know, I'm just, I just feel that I'm supposed to. And the Holy Spirit, like, no, 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 no. So what you're doing is going from pit stop to pit stop, gas station to gas station. And here's what I know about the gas station. Not everybody in the gas station knows everything going to happen in the city. Anybody ever been lost in this room? Just let me know if I'm talking to the right church because I can move on. Pastor Sean is going to be back next week for real, for real. Anybody ever went into a gas station to get more directions and you end up more lost? Okay, thank you. I thought I was in the wrong church. God wants all of you, and he's going to lead you. Now, here's why he's going to lead you, and here's why it's important for us to bring all of ourselves to him. Hebrews 4.16 says something awesome. He says, I want you to come boldly. He wants you to come to him. This is the confidence we have. He wants you to come boldly into the throne room of grace. Next verse. That we may obtain mercy and find grace to help in the time of need. God says, I want you to come to me because I got something for you. You got mercy and I got some grace. This, is, this eradicates the perfectionism mentality. This eradic- eradicates the perfection church, right? Next verse. Therefore, this is the amplified version. Listen to this one. Therefore, let us with privilege approach the throne room of grace. The first verse said, come boldly to the throne room. This one says, come with privilege. Now, let me hit something that probably you won't like me to say. In culture, you have to be careful. I am an African-American man. Y'all see this? Bliggity black black. Regular black? Never. I'm super black. You understand what I'm saying? I am a black man about to make a comment that's going to make black people mad. We like to point out the fact that privilege is only for people that don't look like us. Higher pigmentations. Ooh, y'all quiet. I knew y'all would do this. Thank you for doing exactly what I knew you would do. We like to point out the fact that we can't come boldly to God with privilege because that's for people, that's for the oppressor. This is the doctrine floating in your generation. This is why you can't play with God. This is why you got to be that person that understands the living word of God. You and I, no matter what color you have, no matter what nation you're from, no matter what tongue you speak, no matter where your background is, you have the privilege to come boldly to the throne of grace. You, as a kingdom kid, don't get to preach white privilege. You need to be talking kingdom privilege. He leads me beside still waters, but only white people can go over here. That's the most ignorant thinking ever, and we wonder why we're eons behind the world system. It's not because God does not desire to bless us. It's because we won't renew the think tank. We let culture tell us how to think instead of our shepherd tell us how to think. We walk with culture every day. We got culture on our phones. We're on the IG letting them preach to us. Pastor Sean preach a message. Bishop preach a message. Your life group leaders preach a message. And then you got the whole world messaging your ear the whole day. You got friends that are talking anti-kingdom that are in the same church as you. And I don't know my rights. I don't have any privilege. You have ultimate privilege. I'm in a season of my life, if I could just boast on Jesus right now, I'm in spaces and places and rooms that I don't know why I'm there other than the fact that I'm privileged to be there. I don't know who, what these people are talking. I wasn't even good at math. They're speaking trim- trigonometry. And the whole time I'm praying in the spirit like, and there's always a moment where I'm extra confused. But Nefesh said he's going to restore me even in my confusion. So I'm sitting in the moment. And all of a sudden I remember God, I remember the fact that I'm privileged to be in this room. I remember that there's a reason. He says, I'll, I'll lead you and I'll be, the, I'll be the leader of you. I remember that he's walking with me and I didn't open these doors so I ain't closing these doors. God's put me in position, so I'm just staying focused, staying locked in the moments, and I'm praying in the Spirit. And all of a sudden, there's always a moment by which the reason why I exist shows up and it appears, because the King of Glory needs to come in this room and have His will and has His way manifested in there. My thing is this, can God trust you with the privilege we believe in for stuff, and I'm so frustrated with this. We believe in, we're praying, we're believing and we're praying, we're sowing our seeds, and we're not seeing it. The reason why we're not seeing it is not because he do not want you to have it. The reason why I'm not seeing it is because you got to renew your mind because when God brings you into it and he shows you and he exposes to you, you now are responsible to maintain it. He's with you, but you got to maintain it. I told the Lord coming into this year, we did our 21 day of prayer and fasting, and I wrote no goals. You know what I said, Lord? I said, Lord, just trust me with this next level. Lord, whatever needs to be done, I want to be trusted with the next level. I want to be trusted with the next level that you're bringing me into. I know things are shifting. I know things are changing. I embrace the shift. I embrace the change. It's hard. It ain't, it ain't easy. I'm not lying to you. But it's God. Hello? But I'm not going to proceed to this next level thinking that I don't deserve it and I don't belong. That, is, that was the most demonic doctrine that's happened to the church in so long. I don't deserve it. Sing it if you want to. It'll go away from you. I so deserve it because Jesus said I was worth it. The cross said I was worth it. The blood said I was worth it. You can't sing Antichrist songs thinking that he's gonna show up and be glorified. I don't care who wrote the song, I remix them on the fly. You understand? Because what you sing over your destiny will be the destiny that you will receive. But he says in Hebrews, he says, let us with privilege approach the throne room of grace. That you, what, what happens in this throne room? That God's gracious favor may be upon you with confidence and without fear. Some of us, even though the shepherd has been leading us, God's bringing you into some scary places now. Because one thing I know about God, Calvin, is that when God leads us to a place when he's really leading, it is not cool. You understand what I'm saying? When God speaks to Reese Jackson, two things happen in the same breath. Number one, I get super excited, like, yay, God spoke to me again. And number two, I get super scared. You know why? Because something's going to cost me greatly. And if you can take something from me, that's the indicator when God is really speaking. You get really excited. Thank you for speaking to me, God. Thank you, Lord, for speaking to me. I hear your voice. I know your ways. And number two, it's going to cost me something. Because God never speaks to you without giving you instructions. I said that earlier. I'll say it again. God never speaks to you without giving you instructions. When God speaks, he always gives you instructions. He never, newsflash, he never, this is going to help you all unfollow some people right now. God never prophesies in generalities. He always prophesies with specifics. Every general prophecy, I keep on swiping you don't receive that? Did you hear what such and such said? Nope. Just because five people said it doesn't mean it's God and doesn't mean it's true for me. God has a mouthpiece. He lead, he's a shepherd that leads you. You know what? I got two boys, biologically, and we, and we got another boy, Christopher, and his family, and now I got grandkids. Ugh, That's weird. 44 next month, got grandkids. That's, I, I apologize to all the grand people, grandparents in this room. Now I'm one of those people. But here's the thing. You know what I'm never going to do? I'm never going to put my sons, even if in coaching and teaching or whatever, I'm not going to put them in a place where they have random leadership, everybody just speaking into their lives. You know why? Because I care for them and they're a representation of my future. Why would a God who loves you so intently that every hair on your head is numbered, Right? He knows the end from the beginning. Everything about your fabrication, he, you were wombed together. He fashioned you in your mother's womb before you ever came into this earth. He was there with you. Why would he just do all that for you, make you this beautiful specimen of his creation, and just say, go follow anybody? Does that sound right? You as an earthly person wouldn't even do that to your own kids. How much more does your heavenly father wants to specifically lead you, specifically place you, specifically give you grace, specifically deal with the intimate details of your life? you like, God don't care what I do. He just That's a man of God. That's a woman of God, so I'll just follow them. That's your first mistake. People don't talk like this no more, but I have an assignment from heaven to let you know. Any and everybody that says, God, God, uh, Lord, Lord, Jesus says, be careful of them. You better know that God's called you to sit underneath this word. You better know that God's called you to be steadfast. You better know that God's called you to move and to serve. Because if he hadn't, he has no obligation to bless your, 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 whatever you're doing, your following. You can't have four pastors. Ooh, I ain't planning to say this. You can't have four fathers. It takes intimacy to be in a father-son, father-daughter relationship. You can't have four prophetic voices in your life. And I'm going to hurt you on this one, so I'm going to step down just in case one of y'all want to jump bad. Uh, you can't have four mentors. I ain't scared of you. <laughs> Bishop here today, bro, we can fight all y'all. Me and my dad can whoop everybody in here straight up. Straight up. And what we can't, we'll bring in the kids and grandkids because we know I need help. My knee hurt just said that. So he leads us. He's with us. He's leading us to a place. He's leading us to a place of mercy. He's leading us to a place where there is, if you have shortcomings and failures, he's leading you to that place where there's provision for your shortcomings. God says, I'm a shepherd that leads you. Now, this is important as well because, again, he says, I'm leading you to the place that's going to do something special. It's not going to be a regular place. It's not just for the experience of you or the people around you. It's to a place that reveals my purpose. It reveals who I am. It reveals my big picture plan. Bible says in Proverbs, many are the plans of man, but it's my purpose that prevails. Have you ever been in a place where you feel like you're tripping, you're falling, you can't get up? You ever been to a place where you're stumbling a little bit and you wonder where God was? Can I just tell you where he is is where he said he would be? you got to get back to that. Sometimes as sheep, Pastor John hit us week two with this, as sheep we get a little bit weird. I don't know if it's called nearsighted or farsighted, but the, whatever the one, you medical professionals help me, whatever the one that doesn't allow you to see far, sometimes that's what we get as sheep. We get a we can't, I get tonal of it. I can't really see what's going on past tomorrow, so I'm going to camp out in today. God's moving you from yesteryear, yesterweek, yestermonth, yestermoment to the future. And in the future, there's provision. In the future, there's his purpose. In their future, there's a release of what God said he wanted to bring to fast. Before it ever started, he's already there in that place. Because he's a shepherd and he leads us. Now, part that you don't like, so get ready. God's leading will oftentimes seem like a moment of rejection. When God leads you sometimes, it'll seem like a scary place. God told Jonah, Jonah, go to Nineveh. Jonah, I want you to go to a place you've never been before because there's 120,000 people that need to hear about my goodness. Jonah said, "Uh uh-uh. I would rather take a boat trip to nowhere. I'd rather go dance with a whale. I'd rather go hang out with Moby Dick and them than to go over here to Nineveh. So you see what happens? It was a scary place. He was afraid that the people were in such an utter place of rebellion that they would not receive him. What has God told you to do, Jonah and Jonahites? What has God spoke to you to do recently? What is he leading you to do that you refuse to do because you're scared? I was telling my sons the other day, he was like, oh man, I don't want to do this, I'm scared. I said, do it scared. Do it scared. You know how many times I've had to pick up a microphone terrified? You know how many times I've had to prophesy terrified? You know how many times i got to stand up and pray over food in public settings terrified? You know how many times I've been in front of city commission meetings talking about things, I don't know what I'm talking about, but I'm terrified? And every time I'm terrified, he, if, I, if I'm willing to do it in faith, he gets glorified. Every single time. So my point to you today, church, he's leading you to do a scary thing. Do it scared. Do it scared. When you do it scared, he's gonna show up in it. You know why? Because he gets no glory out of terror. So he'll show up with, in the midst of scary with the peace that passes all understanding. All of a sudden, this, I don't home alone. I'm not afraid anymore. Some of you guys going to get the spirit of Kevin. You know your superpower. I'm not afraid anymore. I'm over here. <laughs> I'm not going to say the rest of that sentence. <laughs> That's a movie. What's, this is, I'm talking about real life for you. What, is, what scary thing is God calling you to do? What moment that seems like it's rejection but is actually a progression that God's calling you to do? How many times you got to hear this platform, from this platform? If you, uh, you got a song to sing, sing it. If you want to write a thing, write it. You got a book to write. You got to teach the class, teach it. How many times? The reason why we don't do what we know to do is for one reason alone. Number one, we trust our problems more than we trust God. But if you know the proximity, point number two, if you know how close he's walking with us, whoo, if you know how close he's walking with us if you knew how close God was with you you would never be scared no matter what giant you're facing you would never be scared because the giant sees only you but who's with you is greater than what they can see I'm telling you right now God is walking with you in close proximity he says wherever you go David if you make your bed in hell I'm going with you if you go to the highest heights I'm going with you angels no demons no powers no no demonic thing can separate me from you I'm telling you right now God is with you he's not brought you this far to leave you he's not sustained. You're not 30-something, 20-something, 60-something, 70-something for him to just leave you now. He's not the kind of God that quits. He watches over his word from the beginning to the end. It will accomplish. That's the way he sent it. If you're still walking forward with God, you're still being sent. He's still walking with you because there's an outcome that's going to give him glory. Are you hearing what I'm saying today? It's all about proximity. It's all about proximity. I'm going to be honest with you. I've been in this church for 22 years. And there was a small season as me as a youth pastor thought I was learning something, y'all. I thought I was smart. Thought I was intelligent. Thought I knew more than the bishop. I'm like, clearly I studied this word. All he'd do is talk about seed time and harvest. He don't know this whole Bible. So here I go. We talked about it. this. is already confession, so he's not going to hit me. Y'all can be easy and laugh because we've already talked about this. I've already repented. It's cool. Y'all, like, if Bishop cool, what are we saying right now? He cool. We cool. We cool. I wouldn't be here if we he weren't cool. But there was a time. I'm over here teaching youth, and I got to know that there's some deeper stuff that he's just not teaching us. He's holding out. So I'm going to go get it for the whole entire church. This is why I exist. You see my, my, see my gestures? Everybody got a pimp in their family to do stuff like this. This is my whole mentality. I'm going to go get something the bishop don't know. You know what I'm saying? I'm about to tell this church, Reese Jackson's in this thing. You understand what I'm saying? You feel me? So I'm over here studying in time prophecy, and I catch him one day, Cole, golf hat on polo t. not even in they even got his bible i'm like uh, excuse me hey bishop real quick dad can i get a word with you he's going all yeah but what's up i said um who was melchizedek he goes oh you mean the pre-incarnate appearance of jesus <gasps> remember that he oh you mean the pre- pre-incarnate appearance of jesus in genesis 14 where he says abraham paid a tithe to melchizedek he had no parents and he he just disappeared i'll say what you know all this why are you not teaching me this, man? I need to know this old Bible, man. You holding out, man. <laughs> you know what I learned that day? He said something to me profound. He goes, Just because you can doesn't mean you should. I have an assignment from heaven, reached to empower the body of Christ. You know what a good shepherd is interested in doing? building you up, positioning you, not lobbying for position over you. A good shepherd will shepherd your soul from the inside out. A good shepherd don't tell you what feels good to you. He tells you what you need. A good shepherd does not cater to your insecurities. He caters to your purpose. A good shepherd gives you the tools for your future, not with just what you feel like is good in the the real time. He was not uninformed. He did not not have the information. He has the information, but his assignment was greater than the information. Can I just tell you right now, if God's called you to send an abundant life church, you're going to get what you need to get to get where you got to go. And if he didn't, you should probably go sooner because you're going to be mad. Because the shepherd, he leads you in a path. Now, the word path is pretty interesting because the word path in this context talks about conduct. It talks about how you're to conduct yourself. When the sheeps are herd together, they have a specific path that the shepherd must keep them on in order to stay out of harm's way, out of danger. So God has a specific path for your life to keep you out of danger. The issue is when we run into these trip ups and hiccups, is because we've deviated from the path and we've left the shepherd. The shepherd never left us. We've deviated from how we're supposed to act. We've deviated from how we're supposed to conduct ourselves. We've deviated in our talk. We stop talking prosperity. We start talking poverty talk. Like, man, God don't bless everybody. Yes, he does. Sure he does because he said he does. It's my will that no man shall perish and also come to the same knowledge of Jesus Christ. All is all, right? I take pleasure and prosperity of my people, everybody, not just some. We start talking different because we deviate off the path. Before your feet start to go to a place, your mind is already in that place. And I want to caution you today as a church, you have to keep your mind on the path that God has planted you in and called you in because there's the only place that their promise lies. And when you start going down different paths, this is why, again, I go back to this, not everybody's going to be able to speak in Therese Jackson's life. I love you so much, and you're so smart, and I appreciate you got more degrees in the thermometer, but it means nothing to me. It means nothing to me because you're not the assigned voice for my life. Does that make sense? It doesn't matter what accolades and, 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 and beautiful things that you're dingling in front of me. It doesn't matter. God said what God said. And he says, I'm not a man that I shall lie. I Don't turn my back. I keep my face to you because you're my creation. He leads us. The Bible says in Matthew 7 something very interesting. It says "It says this. It says, enter through the narrow gates. For the wide gates or the broad gates is the road that leads to destruction. Many will enter through that. Many people will deviate from the leadership on the, on the wrong path. Many people go down that gate, right? But small is the gate and narrow is the road that leads to life where only few find it. That's sad. That's sad to know that so many Christians are in the world, but not so many people are going to enter into this, this pasture, this beautiful place where things are flourishing, growing. It's sad that so many people in this room today, but because, not because it's God's will at all, because God wants you to flip it. God wants you to flip it and stay the course. Some of us are going to deviate by 12. Statistically speaking, some people are just going to go away. Some people are going to attend church, but never let, let, never let the Holy Spirit have you to become the church. That's sad. Jesus is talking in this parable. He says, wide is the gate that leads to destruction. It's wide. Everybody's going. Everybody's doing it. Does that make it good? Because everybody's doing it. You learned that when you were a kid. Your mother's like, hey, mom, can I go down the street? Nope. Why? Everybody's going. She goes, everybody ain't my child. Anybody got any real parents in here? I don't care what they doing, you staying here. You know why mom and dad spoke to you like that? Because they care for you. Because they care for you. You know why God come times, sometimes we'll, we'll be like, hey, listen, get that right. Mm-mm, I'm not going to get, this ain't cool. You know why he does that? Because he cares for you. God's trying to show me something. He is. Because he cares for you. He's not rebuking you. He's bringing you in. He's drawing you closer to him. If you feel conviction about a matter, it's not because God's trying to punish you. It's because he's trying to correct and redirect you. Does that make sense? If there's a godly conviction, God's like, knock it off. It's time for you to stop now, Johnny. You understand what I'm saying? He's not over here hitting you across the head with bricks and giving you cancer to teach you a lesson. What, the witchcraft? Seriously, it's so preached in churches like, oh my goodness, what's the devil's job if God's doing all that? He must be unemployed and very upset. Does that make sense? God is a good shepherd. He leads you in the path. Now, here's where I want you to get a little active with me because y'all are starting to fall asleep. Bump the neighbor next to you and say, oh, my path might look a little bit different from yours. But don't panic. I'm still on the right path. The danger in different paths, I didn't say it said path or paths. He said paths. He leads you down the paths of righteousness, which means there's a lot of ways by which you're going to do the right thing, which signifies justice. You're going to do the right and the just thing that may be a little bit different from the person on your row. The biggest issue that we face sometimes is that I start looking at somebody else's path and get the weird googly eyes. We start comparing paths. Well, this person's blessed, so they got to be doing something right, so I'm going to do... Because that's what they're doing. Listen, stay your course. Do you know that the most successful version of your life is going to be you doing exactly what God called you to do and nothing else? The most successful. I didn't say the most financially uh, uh, well-off. Because sometimes you can just do different things and get money, but you're not successful. Because the leadership of the Holy Spirit and our Good Shepherd walks with you and he brings you into supernatural success. Doing the thing that's on your path. Some of us are like myself in areas where you do a lot of stuff. You're like, I don't know which path. I'm just going to do a little bit of this and a little bit of that, a little bit of this. But let me tell you something. There's only a piece in one of those paths. Ooh, y'all don't like that one. There's only a piece in one of those paths. But to some he gave five, to some he gave two, to some he gave one. There's only a piece in one of those paths. And maybe you do five things but not at the same time. Because we're living in let me, let me. I'm fighting culture. I know y'all going to be quiet and it's cool because I'm in it. But here's, here's what culture says. you got to have a job you got to have a side hustle, and then you got to have a gig. And then the Lord says, I have a purpose, and then I want you to rest. you got to have a job, side hustle, investments, short-term, long-time, savings account, bank accounts, debit card, uh, business account, and all this stuff. And you want to be fried in your brains, and you can't even spend time with your family. God says, I created the whole entirety of everything you see, everything you're ever going to see, and then I chilled, I rested. There's a path that leads to his purpose, and his purpose leads to his promise. It's very simple. Don't complicate it with the world's ideology of what you're supposed to be as a Christian, as a pastor, as a person, as a minister, as a person who's a business person, businessman a woman, an educator, entertainer, whatever you're supposed to be. That is the path that God has for you. Don't let your neighbor's path mess your path up. The Bible says that when David came home from war, the women were in the street turning up. David Sauls kills his thousand, David kills him thousand. Trap, 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 right? That song was happening. Yeah, yeah, they had a dance for it too. I don't know what the 10,000 dance would have been. <laughs> I don't know what that would have been. But the ladies are in the street. David's walking through, entering back into the city like somebody who just won a war. It wasn't his first time whooping somebody. He's entering back in. The people are throwing a parade. The Bible says from that day forward, Saul kept a jealous eye on David. That was the day that his destiny was derailed because he was looking at somebody else's path. Do not look at somebody else's path. Encourage them along their way. Support them along their way. But your path is your path because he's leading you into a place. You don't have to to understand my path. That's something I had to understand. I don't have to understand your path to celebrate your path and support your path. Because it's leading you to righteousness. What is righteousness? The right way of doing things. It positions you and it transitions you from glory to glory. Amen? The right way of doing things. It deals with code code of conduct, how you move, how you act, how you talk, how you walk, how you respond to prosperity. This is your path. And the shepherd's leading you, and he's not going to bring you to a level of success. And this is what some of us think. I'm scared to be successful because I don't know what I'm going to be when I get there. You're going to be who you are when you aren't there. You're just going to have more resources to be that person. Hello? Plague in our generation. It's not, I, t- I spoke to the youth on Thursday night. It's not you're afraid of what you can't do. The enemy's done a good job of doing a number on you intimidating you for what you actually could do, because this is the most innovative, creative generation that has ever lived. Bishop and I were talking about this the other day. Do you know that Apple just released a device that you put on your face? It's called augmented reality, that when you put this device on your face, everything you can imagine, think, or ask is at your fingertips and you can see it in a real life 4D panoramic view? That came and was started through the innovation of teenagers. And what shall be impossible for them that believe? We thought the Tower of Babel was intriguing. These kids are inventing stuff that's bringing the future. Everybody can be Tony Starks, all the Iron Man people. Everybody can be that for the whopping $3,400. My point for saying is that's somebody's path of innovation. Don't knock somebody that's doing something that you're not doing. Just focus on the thing that you're supposed to be doing. Where's your place of righteousness? Where's the thing that glorifies God? Where's the thing that ensures that you are in right standing with God? We're so busy managing somebody else's path that we are off the path that God called us to be on. Touch your nose, nosy. Mind your business. Hello? Tell, just prophetically bump the person next to you. You ain't even got to look at them just be like, mind yours, mind yours. You're creating conflict because you, you ain't minding your own business. Mind, mind, mind your business. You're going to be well off. I got to go, I got to go. Are y'all getting something? Righteousness is all about proximity. Now, I read something today that's kind of scared me a little bit, and it's so good. In Deuteronomy, God's bringing out the children of Israel. He's bringing them out. He's bringing them forth into a new place. In Deuteronomy chapter 2, media did not have this, so y'all just got to trust me. It says this. Deuteronomy chapter 2 says this. Verse 3, he says, God's speaking to these children. He says, listen, you have skirted around this mountain long enough. Turn northward. And when I got a hold of this, it changed my life. You have skirted around this mountain long enough, turn northward. Now, it's important that we understand something here. The word skirted means to circle, with, circle without intent. So some of us are finding ourselves in 2023, in the season of change, we're skirting around just maintaining life. You ain't got to raise your hand. I know it's true. God gave it to me. So somebody. <laughs> some of us are skirting around the mountain. Not skipping. When was the last time y'all skipped? That feels so awkward. <laughs> Not skipping, but skirting. Skirting. Without direction, without intent. Just going round and round and round we go. And you're good with it because you've been doing it for a long time. The problem with it is that when you walk in the way of skirting, how many people know that God doesn't go in circles for no reason? He doesn't move without intentionality. He doesn't move without purpose. So he is waiting for you where he left you or where you started to deviate. God is here while we're taking the skirt. God told them boys in, in Deuteronomy, I'm bringing you to a new place. I'm giving you a new leader. You got a shift thing happening over here. But you've skirted around this mountain long enough. You've done the same thing the same way long enough. I need you to turn northward. Now, northward in the Bible is a place of the lookup. I want you to know that the shepherd's not calling you to keep skirting. He's not even calling you to continue to participate any longer. God's calling you to turn northward. I'm telling you, This hit me in my spirit because he's like, listen, you're skirting around the situation trying to figure it out for yourself, but I'm not in the situation. I need you to turn your head to me. I need you to get your eyes off the situation. Get your eyes off the change. Get your eyes off all this stuff. Get your eyes back northward. Put your eyes back on the hope of glory. Put your eyes back on the Messiah, the one who owes the end from the beginning. Put your eyes back on the promise of what I called you to before you ever deviated off the path. Put your eyes back on the ministry that I placed in your belly. Put your eyes back on the promise that says, I will break, set the captives free. Put your eyes back on the fact that I told you to come to Margate and out of Margate the fire will touch the world. Put your eyes back on the place that I told you that I'm gonna breathe on the people and they're gonna come from the north, the south, the east, and the west. Put your eyes back on the fact that I'm a good God, that I love you and I'm gonna bless you. Put your eyes, stop scurrying around these situations. Stop scurrying around on social media. Stop scurrying around with people that are good doing this. Johnny go nowhere. Stop scurrying. Get your eyes off of your stuff and get your eyes back on your God. The Lord says, I give you identity to shift. I give you identity to change. Now, here's why that's important. Up until this point, their leader was Moses. Their leader was Moses. Now, name gives birth to identity. It's going to lead me to the last point. Musicians, please come. Name gives birth to identity. Identity reveals function. Are you all with me? Name gives birth to identity, and identity reveals function. That's why you, newsflash, you can't name your kids weird stuff and then wonder why they're weird. Khan <laughs> them. Your daughter's name is Tongues? Okay. Good luck transcribing that in school. Uh, Johnny here. Katie here. Susie here. Um, are you here? <laughs> name gives birth to identity. Identity reveals function. To this point, they were led by Moses. Moses means brought out. What did Moses do? He brought the children out. He brought them out of the desolate place. But then the leader's shifting now. There's a Joshua happening. So when the Joshua comes in, Joshua means one who delivers. So there's something ahead of them that they're going to have to be delivered for. So there's an there's a identity shift that's taking place. When God says, I want to lead you to a place that's going to look a little scary because some of us are used to having things the same kind of way. Some of us are used to being the same kind of way. But when the identity shift starts to happen, then something actually happens that's better than it ever was. They get to look upward And when they got their eyes off their problem, when they got their eyes off their situation, when they got their eyes off their old way, old mentality, old thought process, when they got their eyes shifted, they came into a new place of promise. Can I just tell you today that he says, I'm going to lead you in the paths of righteousness for my name's sake. Do you know the measure that God would go through and go to for his name's sake? God will shift what you're following. God will shift the season that you're in. God will shift the relationship that you're in. God will shift these moments that you've built your house so solid on. You thought it was everything, but there's a shifting that's coming to the house. And when God begins to shift, he's not only gonna shift your stuff, he's gonna shift your perspective. When God shifted these guys over, it was for a greater purpose than any of them could ever see. Because if it was up to them, they would've been good with just being brought out. And if you're honest today, you would've been good Just being brought out. I know I would. Diana Ross, I'm coming out. I want the world to know. Then what? Then what? Because there's a reason why he brought them out. Because there's a place that he wanted to take them to. And there was a whole future generation that he wanted to deliver because he brought them out. I don't know who I'm speaking to today. But he says, I'm going to lead you down the path of righteousness for my name's sake. Oh, help me with this, Holy Spirit. For my name's sake. God's not just doing a thing because it's a good thing to do. He's doing stuff in this new season of life for us. It's for his name's sake. The reason why we know that, because sometimes it doesn't make any sense. Because you and I would not do it that way. We wouldn't see it that way. We wouldn't participate with it that way. But when he does a thing, he doesn't need your permission. He just needs you to, your obedience. For his name's sake. Do you know how many times this phrase, for his name's sake, appears in the Bible? 47 times. Now, I'm not a Bible scholar by any means, but if you see something that repetitive in the Bible, there's something that we need to give our attention to. Can I just tell you, you are in the most blessed season to be alive ever. In this season of change, because God gave the word in the season, so it's an end time word. In this season of change, there's miracles that God's going to bring forth in your family for his name's sake. There's things that God's going to do in your your mindset. You've been battling with this depression thing, but he's just going to lift it off your life for his name's sake. You've done all the remedies. The lady with the issue of blood, she spent all that she had, and all of a sudden, one moment in the presence of God, they the hem of her garment, his garment was touched, and she was healed. That's the kind of expedited miracle patterns that God is bringing us to as a church. And he's not doing it because you want it to happen. He's doing it for his name's sake. Now, I don't know about you. I like to work. I like to prove myself. I like to be a person of reproof. But there are certain things you're not going to be able to work for that God's just going to do it for his name's sake. God's going to heal for his name's sake. Diabetes is going to, blood sugar irregularities is going to get lined up for his name's sake. There will be a place in your life and you're in the near, I'm talking about not far off, there will be a place in the very near future that things are going to happen and you ain't going to understand why it's happening. You're not going to have the rhyme, the reason, or the remedy. But it's going to be done simply for his name's sake. He says, I'm leading you in the paths of righteousness for his name's sake. In my hand, I hold an iPhone. This is the 14, 13, 13, Max Pro. On the back of this iPhone, I don't know if you can see it, there's an emblem. This emblem is an Apple. That means it's owned, the manufacturer is Apple. Inside of this iPhone, there's a bunch of apps. There's a whole bunch of stuff. I literally have the world at my fingertip. But here's the thing. If I drop this phone and I happen to damage it or crack the screen or chip a corner, there's something that, there's a protocol that has to happen now to get this phone back on track. I cannot crack this open, take off my screensaver, peel off my privacy protector, crack open the back of the phone with that little pin thing, and take this phone out and begin to work on it. You know why? Because I'm an unauthorized user. Apple has designed this phone in such a way that its only authorization has been given to those who are connected to the manufacturer. Now, Here's what I do though, I go on this phone or I go to an Apple store, I take this phone in I say, hey, something happened to the phone. Listen, I dropped the phone, see? I broke the phone, I chipped the phone, I damaged the phone, it was me. It wasn't Apple, it was me, right? So I made this product, quote unquote, defective. I take this to an Apple store, they bring me to a counter, they sign me up, making sure that I have a registered account with this phone, which means I'm the active holder of this phone. And then I tell them what the problem is, and they do a couple things. They plug it in, do a diagnostic test, seeing what's really wrong on the inside, not just the external, because we see a cracked chip in the screen, but there's something could be damaged greatly on the inside that causes this phone to malfunction from this moment forward. So they don't just want to fix the corner of the screen. These little bootleg mall kiosk people, they just want to pay, they just want to fix the outside. But the actual manufacturer of this phone goes a bit above and beyond because there's something about this phone that they're connected to. They plugged it in. They say, okay, on the inside, there looks to be some some gaps in in, in between the chips. So this right here is not going to cause your Google Maps to work. So what we now need to do, I need you to take this home, put it back in its original box. If you put it in the original box, I want you to Seal it up. I want you to go to the post office. We will pay for shipping for this to come back to us. And in a matter of time, if we cannot fix this phone, we will send you a brand new one for free. I thought to myself, that's an amazing amount of attention to detail for something. For what? For me? They love me. And if we're the product, if we're the Apple phone, and God is the manufacturer, that's a lot of love. For me? Oh, my goodness. That's overwhelming. Amen? But hold on a second. Here's the deal. Apple don't even know Reese Jackson. Apple don't have a clue who I am from you or anybody else in this room. Why are they going to such an extent to make sure that, that this phone is back in its proper working order? Why? Why would you do it? Because that little symbol on the back. That's their image and their likeness. That's their name and their reputation. Can I just tell you, if that's how far Apple would go to make sure their product is in the right hand and it's safe and it's good, what would Heavenly Father not do to make sure you're in the right hands and you're safe and you're good? God says in this last moment, Before I come back to the earth, I'm doing stuff in a new way. Not because you wanted to, not because you're churchy or religious. I'm doing stuff for my name's sake. Do you know that your success, my success, is good for God's reputation? For me to win, he's a winner. Because he's a winner, I'm a winner. For him to fail means I would fail. But because he can't fail, I won't fail. Are you hearing what I'm saying? Thank you for listening. We trust that what you heard today has encouraged you to live The Abundant Life. For more information about our ministry, please visit us on our website, AbundantLife.tv, or follow us on Instagram at AbundantLife underscore TV and Facebook at Come to Life. And remember, God is a good God. He loves you and he wants to bless you.